Welcome to The Truth in This Art Beyond, and we are back in Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. And I'm your host, Rob Lee. Um, this is your source for conversations at the intersection of arts, culture, and community. Thank you for listening, sharing, and subscribing. Please be sure to check out our Patreon and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps us grow, get discovered, and continue to share these great stories. Today, we are diving into the world of video art with an artist who combines film, music, photography, and creative space making in work that engages with Black social and spiritual life. He's also the creator of a little newsletter of awesome things. Please welcome Rashid Zakat. Welcome to the podcast. No, man. Thanks, thanks for having me. Um, so I want to I want to start off by because I think there's a lot of uh, power and energy when someone is able to introduce themselves. Like, mm. it was like, when you claim yourself, you you describe who you are. It's like sometimes claiming a title, sometimes claiming a role or how we want to present ourselves into the universe. So I'm going to give you that space to do that. And I got a sub question there, but I want to start off at that, that question. Okay. Okay. Uh, I've been, I've been, I think how I would describe myself probably changes week to week for a for real, but I, um, I think at the baseline, I think I'm a just I'm a really curious person, mm. and I like to know how things work. I like to understand why things work, why things are, um, and I think the way that I've been navigating asking some of those questions kind of sits somewhere at the intersection of like everything that I learned from going to church growing up and, and going to church was a really really big part of my life as a, as a kid. Um, I'm not particularly religious now. But the community of church, you know, church was like art school. Um, the 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 exuberance of church, you know, I, I've talked a lot about catching the Holy Spirit and how liberating that feels and, and translating that into things. That feels like it sits on one pole, you know what I mean, on like one side, and the other side is um, is 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 uh, pure. <laughs> and maybe that's what the curiosity. There's a there's something in me that's also like there's there's there's. How would I? I'm trying to again find a way to to put that. It's not just a reverence, but it's um. I, I think the other thing I grew up doing a lot of is watching a lot of TV as a kid. Um, you know, watching a lot of The Simpsons and Living Color. Um, and so I think, and I, you know, I grew up doing a lot of theater, and where what I'm do what I do, who I am, where I'm at, I think is um some amalgamation of um. asking a lot of questions about the nature of the things, whether it be, you know, my, my fascination in this moment is black people on the internet. Uh, <laughs> and so how I'm sort of playing with a lot of questions that I have about black people, about our ideas of blackness, what I think blackness is, um, and the usefulness of the internet is sort of uh, played with, with the things that I've learned in church, like video, you know, I've been, um, I would call myself a filmmaker, I guess, a video artist, um, whatever will pay the bills on, on a, or, or on a grant application, but <laughs> um, <laughs> using, you know, those things, which also include design, which also include space making, which also include making bad music, uh, but DJing good music um, to ponder questions, to ponder, and ponder questions about Blackness, about liberation, about uh, interconnectivity, community. I don't know if I'm making any sense. I don't have my uh, my, my pitch down, but... No, 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 no. Uh, that's, that's kind of where I would say, where I say I'm at, when I'm doing, when I'm questioning. Um, yeah. Your 
you're you're a polymath. <laughs> you're, yeah, or you know, like I, I like I it's, it's I, I I hesitate sometimes to call myself a filmmaker because I don't really make films. Um and I'm not disinterested in I'm a little disinterested, but I'm not really disinterested in making films, but I'm interested in what I'm interested in the space filmmaking creates. You know what I'm saying? Like I I've sort of discovered the term video art before the pandemic, like for real, for real, in terms of like, oh, I've been doing this thing. <laughs> Uh, where I've been sort of exploring aesthetics, exploring um, feeling, you know what I mean? Exploring, you know, a lot of my shit is really musical. Excuse me, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse. You're good, thing. you're good. Okay, great, great. A lot of my, a lot of my, my work is really musical. Um, and, you know, like that, that, that comes from church. That comes from that sort of practice of seeing people catch the Holy Spirit all the time. Um, but I'm using pop culture and, you know, memes and, you um, I don't think that I don't think if you know you know sort of culture exists anymore, but sort of wherever I can sort of uh slip in inside jokes, maybe is a better way to say it, yeah. is um is what I'm kind of playing with and using whatever I have at my disposal. So um yeah, yeah. Thank you. No, that that's that's good. And it, you know, see, like I said, you know, I'm in that class of if you know, you know, because I get those references. I'm like, yeah, All right, here's my entertainment. <laughs> and as a person who who did a podcast for about 10 years, that that was pretty much the basis of of like, oh, wow, wow. I want to explore pretty much the weird world that that's around us. And I'm going to work in my references. I'm going to like talk about these different crime stories. Uh, I'm going to find, you know, it was a bit where in this this podcast that I did, I would always find a way to have an alligator story because I'm like, there's what? a lot of weird alligator. That's so like every one or every two or three episodes, we find a story where like there's an alligator goofy, you know, something, something goofy. Right? Have, have you seen the, the alligator, the dude kicking the alligator that's been circling around that image? That's, that would be one that would pop up in the podcast. Right, right. right. OK, boom, boom. That might even be like the world needs more of that. <laughs> and, and there was one um last week that was on espn and i immediately sent it to my partner i was like yo this would be something i would cover on an old podcast it was um someone going to a baseball game that was denied access because they brought their um emotional support alligator with them right and i was just like this is why i need to get back to doing that podcast yeah or at least you can even i don't know how much alligator talk you do on this podcast but i feel like i mean we're doing something right now right this is, like, the, I feel most. Like this this is the most oh wow um emotional support alligator that is so a friend of mine earlier um who in her spiritual tradition um they get read and they you know they get assigned an animal um and she was literally today this is a few hours ago she was talking about how she was read as an alligator and she was sitting with that because you know fierce fierce creatures but you don't necessarily want to get close to an alligator but at the same time, alligators have, they're also like, you know, I think it's like uh, birds clean their teeth. It's you true. know what I mean? Like, I forget, like butterflies drink alligator tears or something like that. Or they enjoy alligator tears, something like that she was sharing. Wow. <laughs> but the idea of an emotional support alligator, <laughs> I don't know. Something about that brings that all, that brings something. I don't know what the theme of the day is, but it brings it all the way around. They're, uh, they're wow. cold blooded. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, but sometimes, you know, <laughs> you need some cold-blooded loving. I got nothing. Um, I almost want the sound effect, the, you know, the Rick James sound effect just right there. Just boom. You know, just, <laughs> let's do it. Um, so so I want to go back into this. You, you touched on, you know, pop culture. You touched on sort of ideas around Blackness, curiosity. Um, sort of with those, actually, let me go back. Let me go back because I thought this was really funny. So talk about, and, and I'll work that next question in, but talk about, 
um, sort of that moment, and this is what I call it, that moment when you were struck by the creative Holy Ghost initially mm. to explore video art, to explore anything creative. You know, I don't I don't know if it was a moment. It was definitely a series of moments. Um, I shout out to my mom. You know, my mom is like the first artist that I, I know, I've known. And she was just always creative, right? She was um, the head musician in my church growing up. That's one of the reasons I was in church all the time. So she played piano and she was a piano prodigy. There's a story folks tell about her that when she was maybe five or six, her dad was a pastor. And she climbed up on the piano and, you know, I did the same thing. I remember climbing up on the piano and just banging and not making any sounds. She climbed up the piano and just played, like just played. And it was almost like from that day on, she was the church musician. Um, but my mom also made time to sew. My mom sings. Uh, she, I just, I mean, I'm recently finding out in the last 10 years, she also was a really dope illustrator. And, um, she always maintained a creative practice, you know, like I think church, although that was definitely labor and obligation, um, it was also a creative practice, you know, she had to practice, she had to be disciplined, she had to show up for a thing at a time. And then she would sew, you know, she would pick me up from school, we would kind of go our separate ways in, in the basement and she would just sew for hours and hours, you know, she sewed to hustle, but she also just really enjoyed making clothes. And I think because she didn't, um she wasn't as encouraged in her creativity she was really good about encouraging me and giving me a lot of space and let me sort of like you know faff around um and so I, I say all that to say I'm not sure if there was one moment per se because there was always you know I, my mom was always creating on the daily I think that's also how she was working out that she was emotionally regulating by someone as well um and so when I was a kid, you know, I played with Legos. I wanted to be an architect. Um, and then I joined my church's camera crew. Didn't think a lot about, I didn't think a lot of it. Um, but some combination of being on the camera crew, learning how to see in that way, you know, they like, I didn't, I couldn't have told you what the rule of thirds was until I came to college, but they taught me, you know, they taught me the rule of thirds. They, I learned composition, learned how to edit. You know, we were editing on like, quarter inch tape decks um and then i i got really interested in theater so i went to baltimore school for the arts um and studied theater and um some it was maybe 11th grade huh okay here we go like 11th grade in high school i was totally disenchanted with theater um I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't bad, but I like, was like the second worst person. It was like one person who was worse than me and then me. Um, I was in class with a lot of really talented people. Sure. Um, and, and, you know, some people now that are in the business and they're working and I cut on TV, I see Bill Boys, which is amazing. And, but I didn't have that love or dedication that a lot of folks I think that are, that are succeeding now have. But when I was in 11th grade, a kid who had studied theater in my high school, he was a senior when I was a freshman. He came back to Baltimore from North Carolina to make a film. And he was telling me about the school he was at, North Carolina School for the Arts. And that was maybe the moment that everything just kind of clicked for me. Mm. You know, I forget, we were shooting like a PSA or something like that. And I think I originally signed up to act, but he was talking about camera stuff. And I was like, oh, I know that. Like, I know, I understand video. Like this is, I've been doing this at church for like 10 years. So I know how to do some of these things. Some of these things make sense. I just don't have language for it. And I think that's maybe the moment where I was like, oh, wait, I should do film. I should do like video stuff. I should like play with that. So I told my mom, my mom got me a camera and um, 
kind of that's also how I ended up in Philly. I had some friends that came to Temple for film school. And um, all the music I was listening to was coming from, it was like Jill Scott and The Roots and D'Angelo. Like it was all of, it was, if it wasn't coming out of like Electric Lady Studios, it was coming out of um, uh, Larry Gold. Yeah. And I um, wanted to, I was like, I didn't, I, I wasn't really clear, but I like was doing video stuff. I like was playing more with, with recording things around in my daily life. And I was like, I want to do video stuff with like the, the music people that I love. So that was a roundabout story because that, that there is not really one moment, but I think those are maybe a few of the little boops. I think probably that moment in 11th grade was um, when I probably got on the path that I'm on now, even though I feel like I, I've been on it forever. Um, I really and more and more and more recently, like more, it, it gets more and more refined. I think the older I get, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. You're good. And, and I relate like, you know, I, I tell people because it's it's exchange, right? And mm -hmm. you know, I can go back to friggin' high school, ninth grade. You know, twenty four years ago, man, that sucks. Uh, but that that long ago, right? Having the little oh, how your knees, man. They're <laughs> not good. Uh, having having the wild like handy recorder and kind of being trolly, you know, at yeah. at, at um at uh, at city, I'm like, yeah. So you're not gonna be here next semester. So tell me about your time here. Wow, uh, microphone. Boy. That's how it was. I was one of those. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was sort of some of those earlier recordings or even, um, you know, trying to impress a girl. I found this uh, this sort of dubbing machine that was left mm. in the back of a school. And I was like, I can figure this. I'm a tinkerer, you know, Legos. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember I was trying to impress this girl. And this is so corny and so bad. I didn't get into the School of the Arts for context. Uh, but what do you for? Um, illustration. Oh, dope, dope. Yeah, I, I was always drawing X-Men or what have you. That was just my thing. But, Gee, uh, yeah, come back to that. <laughs> so so I remember um, getting this dubbing machine and I had this advanced uh, English class and we were talking about like the classics, right? And we were talking about Beowulf and uh, Macbeth and things of that nature. Ended up doing a rap song to impress this girl in the class. This shows you the era. <laughs> in there who was doing all of the DJ Clue ad libs and I got wild jealous. <laughs> got it. Like, I'm going to do... <laughs> a rap song as like Macbeth and it was called murder Mac. <laughs> yeah, I did that. <laughs> we definitely would have been friends. First of all, <laughs> no, I don't know anyone else who was blending Shakespeare and rap music. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So anyway, that's, yeah, that's what it was. That's what it was. And so, so kind of playing and playing with these ideas, and, you know, I was, I was writing rhymes and all of that stuff. And I had this mortifying moment where my English, no, not my uh, biology teacher found my composition notebook with all of my raps in there. And she graded a few of them. Oh, wow. Wow. So she was like, this isn't that bad. This is really good. This is dark. And I was like, yo, you are not even in <laughs> English to grade myself. But, um, you know, once I, I realized that really wasn't my th my thing in that way, I think kind of looking at sort of this 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 version of storytelling and kind of refining and going through the process mm -hmm. and you know i've been a podcaster for it'll be 15 years in february and wow. so that's that's a long time in figuring it out and being in a spot now where it's this sort of full circleness where i didn't have anyone that taught me a lot you know like really anything there was no sort of lane here i had some folks teach me a little bit about how to use certain boards and mixers some of the technical stuff but for the most part it's self-taught and yeah now I'm teaching sort of this next generation of high school kids. I got two different groups that I'm teaching, you know, oh, yeah. 
two different schools. And, you know, that's that's sort of the thing. But it all comes from this curiosity. It all comes from this. And I can't draw, apparently. Uh, so <laughs> let me try something. <laughs> that else. Is not well, uh, you know, not not to the style they appreciate at school for the arts this is true and then the you know what i mean in 1998 right right um i also i'm just hearing uh double double toil and trouble uh calls were burned ah, 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 fire ah, bubble yeah clue i was like oh damn spot i was just <laughs> quoting things and the girl in there she was a model right she was a model in the school and she was like what's going on murder mac and i was like all right i heard a nickname hell yeah i'll take Word. that I, I got the yeah. number off of that too. So I was just if, like, huh. I was if, you did, if you haven't done something cringy for a, a pretty girl's attention or a pretty person's attention, I should say, have you really been living? You know what I mean? Have you been living your fullest life? Like, have you, are you open as a person for real, for real? You know what I'm saying? These are real questions. I would fully embrace it now. I'm like, look, man, I need a crown. I need right. now. We're doing this. <laughs> We're making I, it happen. I feel like that's what my adult life is becoming more and more and more of. I hope it is anyway. I'm just like more, I'm trying to get more ridiculous and more absurd and play more and more costumes. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, more shit that people don't get. But if you get it, you'll find this funny as fuck. You know what I mean? Or you'll find it whatever, however you find it. Well, I mean, I, I throw out there every now and again, like folks that I have like real conversations with, like this is a this is a version of it. And sort of, you know, the folks that are that I talk to afterwards, like you would obviously be one. We have some things in common. So it's just like, oh, let's continue this conversation. But, you know, I'll, I'll throw out there different bits and see what sticks. And I have this running this running the gag um, because I get invited to different things. And especially sort of because I cover, you know, arts and culture, you know, my partner, she'll say like, yeah, I just feel like the glasses are going to get smaller and the scarves are going to get bigger. What are you doing? Because <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to be completely pretentious. I was like, I'm going to. I'm going to be there. Lean way. into it. Lean into it. Get a beret. You know what I'm saying? Look, I'm going to start wearing captain's hats to podcasts. It's like, we're going to on this creative journey. No, listen, I like, I'm one, I think I just want all black men to get weird as fuck. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, I feel like we could all afford to let a load off. And to just do some weird ass shit, you know what I'm saying? And that probably turns most people off because it doesn't make sense. Um, I don't know. I I hope the next time I see you, you're wearing like a captain's hat and a like, and a like, you know, a kente cloth uh, ascot. You know what I'm saying? And speaking with like a faux British accent or some shit, just to fuck with people. I, before I move to this next question, as a segue, there is <laughs> one day. Um, I got invited. This is years and years and years and years ago. But remember that fake university that Trump had? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to that for a session and I spoke in a British accent the entire session. Please tell me this is recorded somewhere, man. It Please is tell not. Me this. Damn. It's not unfortunately. <laughs> but the, the girl I was dating at the time, she was just like, she was like, well, you just in character. I was like, that's the only way I can get through it. Yeah. Wait, so did people buy it? Yes. <laughs> um, yo, listen. Yo, yes, 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 yes. And oh my had like God. tartan trousers on and a sweater vest. <laughs> that, was, that was terrible. We went to Cheesecake Factory afterwards. It was wild. Um, so let, let me reset. Let me reset because this this feels like right. this is the, the other podcast, which is great. But um, 10 points, though, that is Trump University that you did that shit at, too. Like, sorry. I don't know. We got to be official what question and answers, but... Um, um, so, and this goes back to that that question I started. Um, so, blackness, pop culture, memes, and, and sort of this this desire to satisfy curiosity, to say curiosity. 
what if if it was let's say three or or you know two to three themes what are the themes that you're pursuing mostly and to, in your opinion why are those themes important for you to pursue within your your work mm, mm. someone just asked me this question and i had three ready to go and i was so proud of myself <laughs> and i sounded so smart and i i have none of them right now so here it goes a bunch of nothing um i, I definitely have been thinking a lot about liberation um liberation both you know it's political liberation uh social stuff all that stuff but like embodiment like physical somatic like liberation like um i'm somebody who i think some of my coping mechanisms for um growing up was i'm in my head a lot you know what i mean i'm an only child um, a lot of my childhood was just me and my mom and, you know, my mom was a working mom. So it was just me by myself. Um, uh, but also how I navigated, um, yeah, navigated a lot of childhood was disassociating in a way. And so coming back to, you know, trying to reconnect with my body, seeing a similar thing in a lot of other people and a lot of my friends and conversations that I'm having with people, I think in something else, I'm not quite sure what it is, but liberation and I can talk a lot about more has been a word that's been coming up a lot. Um, uh, I've been thinking a lot about transmission, um, like the internet as a medium, uh, way, you know, radio as a medium, sort of like, how do you induce emotionality through ones and zeros? You know what I mean? Like how it's one thing, maybe cause again, I'm, I'm my, so much about how I relate to the world. I can, I can point to church and I think about what's uncanny about going to church and having a preacher preach is you get this knowledge, right? Like you get this encouragement, you get these like um, intellectual nuggets you can use, but they're really validated because the preacher's like, well, you know, you know, the preacher's whooping, you know what I mean? He's like, and you can tell him ah, when you go to the scene, like the difference between if I say, um, you can believe anything you put your, your mind to, to when the Lord says, I, I can power you uh, to do anything uh, you put your mind to, uh, because I got, you know, the, it's an emotional, <laughs> I'm going to get canceled. I can't wait. Um, but it's, it's emotional. It's enrapturing. It like does something. And it's something about doing that with ones and zeros that I'm so fascinated with. Like how can like a series of memes evoke something emotional from you you know what i mean like how can like if i hit on the right couple of references i don't have to necessarily say the thing mm -hmm. um i'm trying to get better at saying the thing but i don't necessarily have to say the thing but you can understand the thing you know what i'm saying and i'm doing all of this shit with you know mouse clicking you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. there's something in that that i'm fascinated with and and maybe as a medium and maybe there's a third one Oh, that's it. That's, I don't want to say blackness. I'm talking about black people too much. I mean, maybe it's not just a, a reverence. I'll say a reverence as well. Um, or humor. Maybe we'll say humor. Um, I think, I think humor as a method. I mean, one, I just like to laugh. I just, I, you know, I like to, I like to laugh. I like to make people laugh. I like to hear people laugh, but I think I love some of my favorite communicators and some of my favorite people use humor to um 
get people on the same page in a way. They use humor to communicate ideas. They use humor to soften the blow of a punch where it's like, yo, I got to punch you in your gut, but we can laugh about it or we can, I got to tell you this thing. I got to tell you why you suck. I got to tell you that, you know, you do this thing. I think it's Alan Watts who says you can't be spiritual without a sense of humor. And there's something about humor that I think like, yeah, like you can change perspective by making somebody laugh more than you can do a speech. You know what I'm saying? Like I can like, get you to see what I'm thinking that might be, you know, if, if if sort of my train of thinking is like here and your train of thinking is all the way over there, humor, at least to me, has been the easiest bridge, the easiest thing to use to bridge difference to. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So I would say transmission, liberation, humor are themes that I think they work their ways into all the things. You, you you reference Alan Watts like I come on now <laughs> I got I got this question I, I I'm getting you could be either very in a different zone or you're an air sign right no I get that a lot though okay I'm curious to what you think though I'm curious to what you think you could end up being a Leo for all I know wow yeah. oh okay okay I mean uh, there's I was... been it's been too many references I'm like my man just said the thing that I was thinking or mm. a reference that I would make. Mm. Like, oh, hold up, bro. That's literally <laughs> the thing. Because, I mean, I'm a cusp, so I'm kind of useless here. You when, know? When's your birthday? Uh, January 20th. Ooh, okay. Yeah. January 3rd. Okay, so you're a cat. Cat game. I'm okay. a cat. I'm good. a cat. Sun, moon, Taurus rising. I got, you know, hurt. Uh, I feel so sorry for people who date me, but, um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, similar... I, I, I joke, I joke with my my um, I joke with my 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 boss at my day job who's a cap, and I'm like, let's just be petty Capricorns right now. I told him <laughs> to replace them with a with a sequel script, and my right. boss was like, <laughs> she couldn't help. She was like, please do. That's those ones and zeros again. That's what? gonna be some emotionality right there. You were fired through your sequel. So many of my favorite folks though are like born plus minus a day of you, like Questlove. You know what I mean? Like, um, <laughs> what'd you say? Same day. Um. Who else? Like my friend, like, yeah, my, my homeboy, Brandon, like super creative people who get shit done. Like hearing that you've been doing your podcast, you've been podcasting for 15 years. Then is I put that in the context of like the Capricorn Aquarius, like consistency, but also creativity jam. So, but no, no, no. Um, I, I have very little air in my chart, actually. But I get that. I get that often. A lot. Of, I, I think I give off like Aquarius vibes to people. Um, Definitely. I, which I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take it. But yeah, so you you were touching on humor and then that that last thing and I, and I think you know in a world where movie theater uh, but in a, in in this current like situation where you where folks can almost not be funny you you mentioned it earlier of I'm gonna get canceled ooh <laughs> it, it's sort of that where we don't do nuance we we're not really good at even attempting to be funny I, and, and i have a question about failure later you know sort of mm. trying for something and not really quite quite getting it could you speak on the importance of having a good sense of humor or a sense of humor as it relates to being an artist for sure i mean i you know the artists that i know that don't have senses of humor are really um interesting people um i think i think i think i think i think i think you know there's humor as like a, a there's humor as a coping mechanism, which I'm not going to pretend like I don't also use. Uh, but then there's humor as like a lens in which to see the world, right? Which is like nothing means one thing, 
you know, like everything can mean multiple meanings, every life, this existence, this thing that we're doing and, you know, just being a human and having flesh and senses and shit is absurd, right? Like we, we live short lives, but we have these things in our head that are terrified to die. You know what I mean? Like we have like, we have this thing in our, we have this ability to storytell in our head that make us think we have control over anything. And we're really just kind of showing up to the absurdity of every day. You know what I mean? Like, I think maybe I'll talk, I'll talk personally and then I'll talk about artists and then I'll talk about just my thoughts about, cause I think you can be funny. And I think people are funnier now than they've been in a really long time. Sure. And I think something about the force, I think something about, I'll come back to that, but like, from, from I guess maybe for my own for my own stuff, humor has definitely been a way that I've coped and survived and managed. Growing up, you know, against the rough drop backdrop of a you know poverty infused Baltimore City. I don't know. I'm trying to get better at that Grant language to talk about like my you know traumatizing childhood and bullshit. So uh-huh. white people give me some money. White people, please, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm please give me money. Um, I'm trying to save the world. Uh, no, the. <laughs> It's necessary, you know, it's, 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 I think maybe because I am a Capricorn, right? And like, I think my demeanor can be very, I think if I was who I am on the inside all the time, I'd be oscillating between like telling everybody what to do sharply, forcefully, and then laughing at everybody's inability to do it. Um, There's, and something about, I think the way that I, maybe feel like I instinctively want to control the world or think the world is even controllable. How often that's met with like, nah, nigga, um, forces me to try to, it's not about not taking things seriously, but it's also about not taking things so seriously that my head can explode. I think that's something I can be prone to. You know what I mean? I can ruminate, I can be really dark. I can like harp in on a thing. Um, but then I've learned that humor, at least has been helpful, is a great way to communicate with people too. You know what I'm saying? It's a great way to make sense of my own, you know, uh, um, outbursts and things like that. Um, a way to sort of contextualize how I see the world. Um, and I think humor for artists feels important. Um, and I'm, I'm totally joking about my humorless friends. I love you guys. To maybe just be really succinct. Um, I think being an artist is about asking questions and trying to interrogate something for me anyway. And because I'm not knowing what the answers are, I'm trying to discover what the question is by asking a lot of questions to get maybe closer. It feels like, um, having a sense of humor, looking, use humor as a tool, as a way to sort of like look at all the different possibilities and not be so attached to abilities, but everything can become material in this way. It feels important. If that's, um, and I think for maybe in a broader sense, having a sense of humor for being an artist. Yeah. It keeps you, it keeps you nimble. It keeps you like not settling for maybe what's easy, you know, like I think um, I, I love Dave Chappelle. Chappelle. Um, because I think, I think, how size a lot of people and sort of in and yeah we go there we go i'm losing it i'm just gonna take this off okay okay quality but um the uh i, I you know think about how many people dave Chappelle politicized you know what i'm saying because he was able to entertain you first of all like you're you're entertained first and then he's also giving you social commentary that if you aren't 
watching if you aren't reading the news if you're not as a you know if you're not if you don't have a particular lens on black culture you might not on american culture on black culture you might not have the tools he has or the framing that he has um and a lot of what he's doing is just framing things in a sort of way to get knowledge to sort of pass through and um yeah that just that just generally feels helpful feels helpful It'd be miserable if it's not if you didn't have that yeah no i think i think there's there's a lot in there and when you know, we, we can't do you, you like one of the things you said earlier or to paraphrase is like sort of this experience is a weird experience. It's and, weird. And at times when I'm at my most sort of I want to play with this, I feel the way that the comedian was depicted in like the Watchmen stuff. It's just like all of a sudden. And, you know, you almost have to look at it. And even in, in interviews, I don't take, you know, when I'm doing interviews or talking with people, you know, they'll see like, oh, we saw that you were in this magazine or on this billboard or whatever. I'm like, yes, I'm a C-list celebrity. I am a nobody. <laughs> I was like, I get free drinks on occasion and I can talk with people who are smarter or more talented than me to make me seem like I'm interesting. That's kind of how I frame all of this or mm. even the sort of gallows bit of it of I, I did this podcast on a boat and then I realized where me and the other guys on the boat did not know how to swim. And I was like, Oh, right. Local podcasters seen here drowning in uh, in a Harbor. <laughs> and you know, people will say, you can't say, you can't say that. That's not funny. I was like, it is. And it's my life. So right. <laughs> damn, man, you, you get this, you proving the stereotype true though. Damn. The truth um, is art guy drowned. <laughs> damn. It is how I I'm, I'm trying to, cause I never know. And I know I'm not supposed to, I'm not supposed to ask you questions, but also fuck it. Like I think Baltimore is, um, Baltimore is such an interesting place. And I wonder, like, being a celebrity in Baltimore, I'll say this, like, being like, I see Bilal in Philly all the time. Mm -hmm. I don't say shit to Bilal if I see Bilal out in the streets. <laughs> no one does, because you, you're, not, you're not trying to be Joe. You know what I'm saying? You're not trying to, like, do the most, yeah. I guess is what the kids are saying now, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I think about, and Baltimore has a similar thing, right? Like, nobody's trying to, I think Baltimore's a little bit more um uh willing to show emotion than philadelphians you know what i'm saying but it's still like a play of coolness to people in baltimore you know what i mean I, at least that's what i get so as a as a c-list as a self-proclaimed c-list celebrity in baltimore like what is the so when you get a good reception for people what is that like like what is that what is that interaction are people trying to play it cool are they like um it, it it's funny like people are usually really chill and really really cool they're like i had this uh this coffee Last year, I had my branding and all of that. And you'd have people like either working at the place that's selling the coffee or people that are buying the coffee that look at the label, look back at me, and they're like, you're the, you're the guy. And yeah. it's like, yeah. you know, excitement and, and things of that nature. And I'm trying to play it so down. It's almost <laughs> like when you're an athlete and you're wearing your own jersey out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like me carrying around a microphone like, hey, look familiar? Uh -huh. it's like, no, but... You should carry around like a little tiny microphone, just like in case you get spotted. I should, I should actually just have it clipped on, just laugh. Right. <laughs> but there right. are some instances where, and, and this kind of goes into the thing I was touching on be before we got started of, you know, you encounter people, you're almost like looking for that. Hey, we've, we've done an interview together. We've done this together. Hey, what's going on? And, you know, um, a, a mutual contact that, that we have uh, mentioned sort of the Philly energy. And I've mm. been applying that. You know, every time it was just like, 
Oh, okay. Word, word. Yeah. He's like, I think that's tiny people. Philly energy, too. Like, (laughs) it's not ignoring people. I was like, I'm going to start doing that. Yeah. You know, I'm, like I said before, I'm 6'4. I'm a large dude. So if you can't even say hi to me or what have you, it's like, I kind of moved to the other thing. And, you know, I shy away from it because I'm a pretty shy individual. So, being out there, I'm kind of like, I just want to get to this movie, bro. I just, mm, I'm trying to be yeah. here. Right now. I got too much alcohol in my system. I had too many <laughs> probably cocktails, the C-list celebrity status, and I need to get to sort of the next place. I, I feel like um, you're just making me think about uh, a dear, dear friend of mine who, I think I would say, I don't know, what tier would I say? Let me not get beat up because she's going to hear this and I'm talking about her. But, um, I she gets recognized frequently enough in Philly, but in a way of like she has a podcast, she has business, and people um because of her personality, how she shows up, people without meeting her find her to be their best friend in their minds in a way. Um and so there is this like familiarity, this like parasocial thing that happens with folks. Mm-hmm. Uh that I guess I watch. Because I'm like I'm like a F-less celebrity in Philly. Like I feel like I have a lot of Jay. Like I mean, I, I'm not shaped myself. It's like Jay Electronic. He's like you got a lot of I got a lot of family. You got a lot of fan. Like I, um, you know, the people that fuck with me, I know them. Like we, we have a relationship. Um, and so it's a lot less getting recognized in this way, but a lot more of like, yo, we've been friends on the internet for a really long time. What's up? <laughs> oh my god, you that dude? And I'm like, oh my god, it's you. You that person. <laughs> um, but the but the other thing is just I don't know it just fascinates me the sort of like um because you know you, you have this thing you've been doing for so long and that I'm sure people have stories about who you are and um yeah anyway sorry I didn't mean to divert us no, no. Yeah, but, I, but I think there is something in there where you know sort of I, I've been playing with this idea and exploring this idea I haven't had the sort of wherewithal to continue down that path, but I am curious about sort of how friendship works when you're in these sort of creative circles and and how, because mm. it's 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 a notion of dealing with, I'll, I'll be very plain when I say this, dealing with who feels fake, dealing with mm. who sort of doesn't have that time and that sort of energy. And even, you know, going back to the ones and zeros you mentioned earlier, sort of every interaction seems like it has to be a derivative of the online thing. And the online yeah. thing we know is not real. It's already watered down from the real life thing. So it's this sort of loop that just continues. Yeah. It's just Kool-Aid with more water. <laughs> don't like that mix. It can, it can be. It can be. It doesn't always have to be, though. You know what no. I mean? Yeah. No, I, you know, I've, I've been so blessed. I mean, my whole life, yo, I've, I've been, um, my friend, my same friend I was just saying, who's, who's an alligator, is um, she, we were just talking about how lucky we how lucky we feel to have just like good people all the time, you know? And I I I can't the only thing I can again I can everything goes back to church. I I got I grew up with a really dope, really tight community. I can't say I felt understood by them or seen by them all the time, sure. but it was people that looked out for me regardless. I have other people, you know, have other mothers. I have, I'm an only child, but I have other brothers and sisters. Um, and something in that has always carried through all parts of my life forever and ever. You know, look, I've always um, been lucky to meet good people, like really interesting, loving, talented, 
um, introspective, perceptive, passionate, compassionate people. Like at every turn of my life, I find myself in like circles where it's like, oh shit, you're, you're fucking dope. Like, you know, um, and you're a good person and you're looking out for everybody in your life and you're taking care of people and you're, you're caring, but then you're also working really fucking hard at your job. And like, like I think, you know, Maori, my, my, I'm sure you know Maori, like, um, sorry, I know, but podcast people are listening. Maori Carmel Holmes, uh, who's a dear friend who runs Black Star. Um, is there a super public version of that, you know, of someone who is, I think another example, actually, I think she's built the thing she's built because she's brilliant, she's creative, but she takes care of people, you know what I mean? And like, finds herself in circles of people who take care of people. And it's something that happens when it's like, yo, I, like I, I, I bangs with you on a human level. I love who you are. We're, 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 we're connecting. I feel safe. My nervous system feels at ease. I feel excited too. And because we're asking some of the same questions and because we're like at odds with the world in a way, and we're trying to express something artistically. Um, I think a lot of my friends and relationships, again, maybe this is my Capricorn stuff too. You know, it's like, we, I meet somebody, we bangs with each other and then we work on projects together and we bond and we, in like, you know, um, that's been just like a persistent thing throughout my whole life. And um, I'm trying to work on being a better steward of those friendships and of those relationships. Cause I think sometimes I don't always show up in a way for folks um, or haven't always shown up in a way for folks. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of that. It's been a lot of just like, you know, and, and I think too, then the, you know, I've, again, I've been really lucky that the people that I bang with also bang with other good people. So the cycle, the circles just grow and grow and grow. And then, you know, like I, my, 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 I have a group of friends in West Philly. Um, well, we were in West Philly in, 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 in our heyday, everybody's kind of scattered around the world now, but you know, it's maybe a group of like 30 or 40 people that I don't know everybody in this group that well, you know what I'm saying? But in the, 12, 13 years, I think that we've been maybe the genesis of who's been friends to friends. And really it's been longer than that. It's like somebody who we've been like, you know, distant friends through this friendship group for a decade, but I trust you. I love you. I know you like, oh, snap. Like now we're also getting close. That's another thing I think that also happens is like these people that, you know, I, I say the same thing about, I guess what I was saying about folks online where it's like, um, there is a superficial thing that could be done, you know, cause everybody's trying to eat. And everybody has the way that they're trying to eat or they're trying to survive or get validated or get seen or have their um their backs padded or you know get 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 um whatever get whatever it is there is definitely that but then i don't know as folks living their lives too you know what i mean that are like trying to do interesting stuff that are trying to ask interesting questions and um there are a lot of folks like that too that's like okay we've been friends online for like 10 years and um there's something that happens that like a connection gets made and like, it could, it could be this one way where it's like really awkward, you know, and it's just like, what can I use you for? What are you trying to use me for? How can we, how can we network? How can we link up? And I have no tolerance for that shit. I have no tolerance. I have no, cause it's like, if, if I can't bang with you on a personal level, if I can't hang out with you, if I can't like feel at ease with you, yeah. you know what I mean? Like if I can't like, yeah, if I can't just have a conversation about how I'm feeling about something, I'm gonna be so distracted trying to either people please so you, I know you like me, you know what I'm saying? That's my trauma. Or trying to, um, mm -hmm. you know, protect myself, trying to like hold back that 
whatever it is that you're trying to network and I'm trying to network, whatever it is I'm trying to squeeze out of you, I can't even do to the fullest extent because I don't fuck with you. Like, I don't, I don't trust you. Like, I don't, you know, I don't um, feel safe with you. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I feel that. And, you know, that's in the, in the nature of, of doing this. I, I, I've talked with people and said, like, this is a collaborative art project. And, you know, as I'm doing these, these interviews and big shout out to Mayori, because I, I interviewed her. It was, it was great. Uh, <laughs> but it is, it is that thing where you're, you're, you're looking through, at least I'm, I'm looking through of, all right, how does this fit? And being more sort of selective in it, like there's a certain degree of the, the journalistic thing of, does this make sense? Does this make sense to fit in there for this? But, you know, as I was touching on earlier, you know, out of the 700 whatever interviews that I've done, um, maybe 20 people have my personal line. And, mm -hmm. I, you know, I don't, you know, it's, it's not, it's not for everybody. And, you know, to your point of, you know, it, does this feel like a real thing? Like the the shortcut used to be, I do a movie review podcast um, outside of this, and I would invite certain folks on like, yo, we're about to roast this movie. You trying to do this? And yeah. if they get it and it's like, yo, we continue. So like the thing that I like to do, you know, because I, I travel on occasion, sometimes it's just to step away from the normal factory settings, the dullness that mm -hmm. you're around, like life starts to become wallpaper. Yeah. I'll go up to Philly just to go up like, like, yo, I just want to get like coffee from this one spot. And I yeah. might have folks like, yo, what's good? You around? You busy? You want to grab a coffee? You want to grab a bite? Some people don't know how to deal with that. Mm -hmm. um, and I hit, yeah. I hit everyone that I know with the same thing to see who hits me back. And because literally I'll book a ticket and it's like, yo, I'm going to get there like eight normal workday set up. And then I'm going to book that joint home at like three. So it's just like, oh, I'm trying to do the social rounds to, you know, cultivate this sort of thing. But, you know, sort of that creative friendship connection, whatever, from the online to the offline and, and so on. It's trying to figure out, like, how do folks like operate in that way? And yeah. it's case by case. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, I feel like it takes like, especially being adults, it feels like it takes like five times to link up with somebody. You know what I mean? Like you got it three to five failed attempts. I'm guilty as fuck of that. I'm so glad <laughs> everybody. But yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you, so you, you mentioned you mentioned failure. So that's, mm. that's a question I've had. I started reading this, this book today. So this is a new question that you won't even have. Uh, so. You know, I'm reading this book. Is this dude? I think his name is Eric Kessler, a designer, and he's talking about just failure as a way to try to like move things along. It's a white book with like an orange. Yep. Build it. Yeah. 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 Think again. Again. Uh, so tell tell me about a time that you've you failed or like fallen short, um, like just sort of maybe in the, the epic <laughs> fail far far along. So what have you? Um, but one of those instances where you've like fallen short and like what have you learned from it? And, and I'll, and I'll preface it because that could be a very revisiting, right. Dredging things back up. But, you know, there've been times where I'll do this movie screening series and I did this series called shot in Baltimore and okay. I was showing movies that were filmed here in Baltimore and no one got behind it. There was some people that came out, but then no one really got behind it. And ultimately I wanted to try to help support like, you know, you know, emerging filmmakers. That's what I wanted to do. And the last one that I did, it was literally an emerging filmmaker. We were doing his films and we were going to do an interview. And it's like, maybe we can help him get his next one funded. Nobody showed up. That, mm -hmm. And he was like, I don't think I'm going to do film anymore. I think I'm going to transition to a different medium. I was like, shit, that's, yeah. that's, the, that's the, that's the, you know, this was my fault a little bit. 
<laughs> so weird. <laughs> I hope he comes back to it in a few years. It's like, okay, well, you know, yeah. Not, back, but, baby. Yeah. You know, but yeah. And um, you know, having that and and, and sort of just being attached to things is almost this sort of reminder mm-hmm. of or even the naysayer, right? Of, you know, that's the lane. You're, you're supposed to be in this lane. Go back to podcast microphone boy versus, you know, trying to extend and do something that's more oriented around bringing community together. And, yeah. you know, I kind of just maybe learn different things from it. It's always information, but I deem that as falling short or, or failure. Yeah. Failure is interesting, man. I've, I've been thinking a lot about failure generally, um, both in the necessity of failure, you know what I mean? Um, and how to contextualize failure. Um, I'm trying to think of a time that I failed. I failed, I mean, I failed all the fucking time. I mean, part of, yeah, I, I was joking with somebody about this of like, I'm trying to make part of, I'm trying to make a big part of my art practice failing. You know what I'm saying? Because that means that I'm trying to step out of a comfort zone. You know what I'm saying? That means that I'm trying things that don't work. Yeah. Um, and I think I've, see if I can fucking tell this story. Um, this one time, I, my life was in like flux. I was in just in flux. I just quit my job. I was living in New York, uh, working at, you know, this tech startup. And I love the people, but I was really disenchanted with the work. I was disenchanted with the idea of working. Um, and so I left that job. I left New York and I was kind of like vagabonding around the world for a while. Um, a friend of mine, I was helping a dear friend of mine shoot a film and we were we were in Geneva and I to make money because I was broke. I was brigadier broke, like, you know, broke. Um, I was doing a little bit of consulting for a friend of mine, some kind of consulting and design work. Um, and also trying to like tend to my, you know, where I was at the time too, because I, I didn't know where I was what I was doing with life. I didn't have a job, I didn't have anything lined up, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it was a pretty simple assignment. He wanted me to design some ads. And so I would walk around. I was thinking I was there for maybe two weeks, two and a half weeks. And it was something that, you know, I could have sat down and done for like an hour. It was like an hour, you know, bang this job out an hour, keep it moving. And it was maybe like 10 days <laughs> of me struggling to make sense of this design. Um, and I couldn't do it. I was like frustrated with myself. I was angry. I was walking around this beautiful place, seeing all the stuff. And just like my brain was, you know, I would like shoot some stuff with my friend. Uh, and then I would leave to go back to where I was staying and then be totally preoccupied with like why I couldn't get this design to work and I couldn't get it to make sense. And I'm, 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 you mentioned that book failed it. I um, took a trip to, I love saying shit like this. I love that this is what my life has become. I took a trip to Paris. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I took a train, but I had a cousin um, that was in, this is all, this is all on broke nigga shit, but um, I, I put, I'm, I'm coming in here to nice. show you but the I got I took a train ride to Paris. My cousin was there. She was like, yo, train is like, you know, 30, 40 euro. You can stay in my place. We'll walk around and then we'll hang out. I stopped at this bookshop, even hanging out with her. I was really preoccupied. And I stopped at this bookshop and I found this book, uh, Whatever You Think, Think the Opposite uh, by Paul Arden. He has a couple of other tiny books that are like this that are like, um, you know, really short, more graphical sort of things about creativity process, things like that. And it's not who you are, it's how good you want to be. It's his other book. That's like the big one. Um, the I like sat 
in a bookshop and just read this whole book. You know, it was like 30 minutes. It was a pretty short book. And I just sat there and read it. And I was like, fuck. The whole book talks about the importance of failure, the importance of seeing things differently, the importance of trying and overshooting and undershooting. Because the point is you just keep shooting. You know what I'm saying? And you learn from what you kind of, you learn what you take away from that. So I that like put something in me to um, my homeboy client that I was doing work for to be like, yo, your business is wrong. <laughs> like I couldn't figure out the ads. I couldn't figure out the design because what he was, the ads he was trying to make was wrong. As he was trying to make that were wrong were because his business model was fucked up. Like his, no, it wasn't fucked up. I love you, man. Um, think if you're listening, but it was he and I, and he and I talk about this often. The business model was wrong. And years later, I sent him this like <laughs> long, pretentious email. Like, I mean, obnoxious, obnoxious email. Uh, that's like, I'm so sorry. I mean, you know, I'm a, I was like a week and some change behind the deadline when I said I was gonna get it to him. I was like radio silent. Send this long email of like, yo, I'm sorry I didn't do the designs and like. I'm not going to do them because this is the campaign is wrong. Like what you're doing is wrong. The business you're trying to do is wrong. Like what you need to do are these things. And I mean, he's a dear friend. You know, we had, we worked together a lot. And so we had that relationship. Um, and I didn't use a lot of humor to, 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 to buffer it. And, um, you know, he's super chill. I love him so much. He was like, all right, well, that's how you feel. That's cool. He got somebody else to do the design. Cool. Years later, years later, he was like, that email you sent makes so much sense. That's what I'm doing with my business. All right, thank you, Matt. I love you. And um, that's maybe an example. That's not the best example of failure. Because again, I, I fail all the time, man. I, I fail all the time. I fail all the time. I'm trying to fail more too, to be honest. Uh, I'm trying to put myself out there more and like get embarrassed a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, the, the failure thing, and, and I think that I think that does work actually, because you know, yeah. we we don't look at it enough. Like it's you know, I've been doing the the sort of weight training thing like pretty heavily since January. And, yes. you know, I hear folks and they talk about failing, failing reps, failing sets and so on. And you have like this idea of like partial reps. It's like, no, no, that's there's gold there. Do that. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. don't get it all the way up, you know, see what you can do. Push yourself. And, you know, within reason, you don't want to injure yourself. But that's sort of the thing of seeing what those those boundaries might look like. And going back to and I got like one more real question after this, but going back to, you know, sort of that film series I was you know mentioning earlier, the first film we did was Meteor Man, you know, 1980 classic. <laughs> right. And, you know, I lived in Lafayette projects across the street where they were filming part what? of it. I went yeah. to Harper Heights and went to Lafayette elementary school too. I mean, look, you know, little Charles Curl Curlington action back in the day. And, uh, I remember my dad woke us up. He's like, yo, they filming a black Superman. We're going over there. I was like, it's 11. <laughs> hey, what are we doing? But, you know, in, in doing that, it, it's like, you know, initially, you know, I had an interview before doing the hosting this, this, the screening. And this is just my ideas, like a, just a, you know, sort of a pipe dream idea that became a thing. And I just remember going in there with all of this anxiety, crippling anxiety. Like, like I said, I'm shy. Being in front of folks was like, I don't know, do my limbs, what are we doing? And, you know, in, in doing it subsequently, it's just kept getting sort of better and better. And I would try to mm -hmm. ensure that I'm up there a little bit longer, almost uncomfortable for myself to get used to it. And, you know, after doing the, I'll call it the summer film, you know, doing some of the stuff with, with Blackstar, what have you, I did two you know, interviews with two of the filmmakers and then some interviews here for the new next film festival. And then, you know, hosting like a panel. And this is like the biggest panel of, that I've ever done. It was just like 10 people up there. We're chopping it up. 
And I'm like, oh, right. And this was in front of the biggest audience I've ever been in front of. And, you know, my partner, she reminded me, she was like, you doing those movie screenings kind of got you to the stage where you can be up there and you can at least go through it and then experience it. And for me, because I don't do it as regularly, it's like when you don't lift weights for months and then suddenly it's like, oh, I'm gonna get back to that normal bench I was at. Yeah. No, this this book is um, my boy Dave, Dave McDowell recommended me this book, uh, Creative Practices for Visual Artists. Mm-hmm. And it was such a dope. Everything you're saying is is like, I mean, that's, that's helping me reflect on it of like, you know, your muscles don't grow without failure. You know what I'm saying? They don't grow without you failing. But to also emotionally prepare yourself to work through constant failure, there's something about ritual. You know what I mean? Having a routine, having a ritual, having um, a friend of mine, uh, I was talking to this morning who is um, is kind of restarting a gym moment. Like they had a moment that clicked that was like, oh, right. Like if I do this in the sequence, I'm not going to have, I'm not going to face resistance because it's like, okay, I'm going to drop my kid off at school and then I go to the gym and then I do my things. You know what I mean? Um, and also the thought of like um, seeing yourself as something. Like some, a friend of mine posted the other day, something that like um, seeing yourself as an athlete helps you to um it contextualizes working out contextualizes staying fit it gives you a reason for that thing even if you're a truck driver and you see yourself as an athlete you see yourself as a runner then you're more likely to run you know what i'm saying um what you say i said 100 yeah 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 but no but it's something yeah it is but it is something even what you were saying about um you know film series was practice you know you did you had a bunch of them that you had to do that was a ritual for you, you you know you had to show up you had to you had to practice nobody's there you have to learn how to deal with the emotional um, pain of that, you know what I mean? And show up again, more people come, you got to learn how to deal with that emotional pain. Like that, it, it's all, yeah, I don't know. Just what you were saying, just, just what about this idea of ritual and ritual as a way of um, moving through so much of the world, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Or getting through so much of the resistance that um, can get gotten through, you know what I'm saying? No, I hear you. And it's, you're right. It It is a thing. And I think sort of those, I try to find those connections um, that don't seem like to be the, the the sort of typical one that one is looking for, like creative practice. It's like you said, it's, it's the ritual thing, whether you're doing yeah. something creative, whether you're doing something physical, whether you're doing something to pick up a new habit, it's the ritual nature of, of doing it and just kind of monitoring it and being with it. Um, yeah. That I think when you when you're falling short of it, it's like something that's with that in that you're not going to send send a pretentious email, but you know, <laughs> it's oh, going to go out. You might send one to yourself, like, look, she here's the thing. Right. <laughs> you need to check it with yourself, bro. <laughs> so, so this is the last one I got, and this is sort of the the the, the open ended piece of it. Um, and I got rapid fire question. You get you get the rapid fire questions too, because I know you're going to be good on. Um, so as we round out sort of the main conversation, um, you know, in the next two, three months, what have you, what's up for you? What's what's coming soon? Like, what are you, you know, what are you working on? What should folks be looking out for? Yeah, um, I actually have things I'm working on. That's great. So I've been working on this one project, Revival, that's been kind of the home for a lot of my ideas, questions, kind of creative practice, various creative practices. Um, I've been trying to just like dump it all into this one project and people have been enjoying it. And so um, one thing that's coming up that I'm excited about is um, I think October 13th. Let me look at my calendar. Yep. October 13th. I have um, 
I'm in a group show. My friend Sophia, who Sophia's amazing. She's a, you know, she wouldn't call herself a DJ, but I think she's a really dope DJ music selector. She's an amazing curator, really thoughtful person uh, about art and about work and about blackness is curating a um she's curating a show with myself and another artist, uh D. Robinson. And I'm gonna have revival. I think it's I might be a third person and I might be a jerk for forgetting them, but I, I, I know ideas in the show as well. Um, Adi Robinson is, her work is so colorful and so beautiful and it's really dope. Um, and I wish, like I could, I wish I could do what she does and maybe I should tell her that, but um, the revival is, um, maybe to quickly explain it, I have hard drives upon hard drives upon hard drives of, movies memes things that i've downloaded from the internet you know for a long time um like if you can this is not helpful because no one can see this <laughs> just just rob so you can see you know i have this is these are wow. some of years of you know my own filmmaking work and my own sort of video practice client work and things like that but also full of like pirated downloaded purchased things from all around the internet and i dj i've been djing for a really long time and i because serato lets you dj and i'm just generally interested in this connection between video and sound uh, i've been sort of playing between ableton and premiere and serato to make this it changes form depending on however you're experiencing it but i essentially dj video um sometimes there's a narrative there's a story it's almost like watching live edit video with turntables it's like one version sometimes it's a dance party uh with really interesting visuals um and in this iteration it's an installation so it'll be um it'll be a two-hour loop of uh, a dj video dj performance that'll be at critical distance center in toronto I don't know how long, a couple months. Um, and so getting ready for that, which is cool. And um, probably some other stuff that I'm forgetting about. My, one of my goals has been, I make a joke about this, but I'm kind of serious. I want to be Philly's art DJ. So if there's an exhibition opening, if there is like uh, a thing where people can come and kick it, um, I can come and just play. I don't always have to come and play a dance party. I can come and play some Swarby or some Mind Design or some Coltrane or some, you know, some Polish funk music that I, I found or some, you know, whatever, whatever it is that um, isn't necessarily appropriate for a dance party, but it's really dope to hear while you're looking at art. It's super fun to me. Um, and to have like music as a, like to curate music as a backdrop of this conversation. So I've been trying to do that a lot more and lean into my own video practice. Like I, um, I started posting stuff from my like video archive to instagram a little while ago and people really like it like I've, i'm really surprised at still you know i do this thing white people wednesdays where you know it's just white people doing weird white people shit and um you know there's always there's always sort of a meta story there that i'm not always uh forthcoming about but some people catch it but they're um it'll just be like whatever means i'm i'm sort of stringing together that week um or like thinking about looking at that week that i don't quite know what's there quite quite yet but i'm trying to keep playing with this this medium of communicating with um with memes on the internet but sequence them in a way that it tells a broader story than any one of the memes can do uh that's essentially what revival is right like i'm just djing memes for for and music videos and interviews and stuff like that for a couple hours but um yeah, I mean, trying to dive deep into that practice. I feel like I'm, I'm looking at my calendar because I'm like, I have more things happening. But I guess, um, yeah, and and just 
continually just trying to really develop that project and um, lean into a few other, I wouldn't call them top secret, but a few other ideas I'm excited to unpack with people publicly uh, next year as well. So, yeah. You know. I'll, I'll be watching. <laughs> Any feedback, critique? I love, I love, um, I grew up with a Virgo mom, so I love critique. Um, any, I, yeah, I'm totally open to that and would love your thoughts, man. So I got, I've been adding, it was two rapid fire questions. Now there are five. <laughs> you, brought, you brought this on yourself. Brother, saying yourself. So, as I tell people, because you know, because I think you're in the same tribe of you know. Well, we discussed this same tribe that I'm in, where when you say don't overthink, naturally you're just going to overthink. So, <laughs> don't don't overthink these. All right, um, your day typically starts with what? Coffee, tea, something else. What does your day start with? My day starts with um, with a long version. I can give a I can give the long version really shortly, uh, really briefly. So. Please. I've been I've been trying to morning has been really important. I, I haven't always been a fan of morning. So it started with uh, I have a coffee ritual. I wake up, I roll a joint, I make some coffee and I do morning pages, um, which I just sit and write. You know, I just dump all my thoughts, everything I'm feeling. I just try to get it out. Um, I've added on to that uh, meditation on death, um, like wake up in the morning. And before I even like try to make coffee, before I, you know, go go do drugs, um, sit in my bed, you know, and I try to meditate multiple times for like five to 10 minutes. Like whether I'm laying in the bed, sometimes I'll get up and just sit down, but like breathe, think, try to clear my mind a little bit, but then just think a little bit about death. Like think about the possibility of my own mortality. Think about um, the possibility of other people's mortality and to just sit with the impermanence of life and then smoke some weed, make some coffee and write out my thoughts and do yoga and then answer emails eventually. That's now I'm going to be a fix. Now I'm going to add that to my morning sort of thing. The meditation on death. That, that is one of the first things like, yeah, who's dead? That's literally what pops in my head. Um, but yeah, it's definitely it's it's been it's been a two mile walk and then an hour of uh, gym weights and cardio. And then mm. most people that I'm encountering, uh, no, it, it's, it's probably uh, it's probably drinking way too much coffee and then uh, drinking protein shakes. That's literally what it is. I live a monastic lifestyle. It's terrible. Um, it's good. like simple because then you can your brain has power to do all the other things. You know, this is the only way it happens. Um, so this this is the next one. Um, this this has like a sort of a word count around it because I like to add word counts in there sometimes. Um, describe your art practice in three to five words it doesn't have to be a sentence it could just be three to five five words that relate to your practice real nigga live shit no um because <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, real niggas don't follow directions no um uh my art practice is open-ended um it is joyful um Musical, um, improvisational, um, and hopefully, I'm trying to live into this more communal, um, either creating community, either in creating community or um, making things for specific communities. That's good. What was the last song you listened to? Oh. <laughs> this might not be like the last last song I listened to, but Zach Fox, uh, my God, what is that song? 
sipping on tea. I'm obsessed with that song right now, man. He's absurd. I think that dude is hilarious and ridiculous. Um, and I shouldn't find him as funny as I do, but I do. What is your favorite meme currently? Like, let's say of, of 2023, I guess. Woo! Of 2023. Wow. We're, we're in Q4, you know what I mean? So it's like yeah. most of the year is done. Um, What meme do I keep coming back to? This I'll probably come up with something better in a moment, but I think there's this one. I forget this dude. It's like the uh, when you ask your friend to support your delusions, but they just tell you some real shit or they give you real advice. But it's the dude like uh, it's they have like their remix version of uh, one thing, and so it's like the dude looking really hurt, like na 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 oh boom. And he's just looking, <laughs> sorry, y'all can't see what I'm doing, but you know he's looking, he's sort of looking off put because uh, that that's been that's been the theme this year. That's been that's been a pretty good meme. I didn't do a great job of explaining it, but um, and I can't think of the creator's name too. He's really really funny. Um, I'm lying to you. I'm so sorry to, to do this twice. My favorite meme this year has been um, fuck oh fuck fuck fuck. <laughs> I'm gonna look this up because I just posted this because I love making fun of Christianity. You know, to to not to not lay time. Let's let's go with the the. Uh, your friend telling you some real shit when you were trying to be delusional. You thought they were going to support your delusions. That is, you know, yeah. That's, that's me. It's me some of the time, actually. It's just like that. That's, that's me. It's me some of the time, actually. It's just like that. <laughs> are you are you the friend telling real shit, or are you the friend hoping for your delusions to be supported? I'm the real friend. Or a little bit of both. I guess. I guess they're two. I'm the real friends. Right. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. I think that shit ain't gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> it, it looks like I'm coming through your. It looks like I'm coming through your. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think we got a little delay happening. Let me maybe I'll go off video for a moment. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess that's good. Yeah. So I got I got the one last real one. Okay. Um. So you know, obviously, I, I think you have a you know a good taste of movies. Obviously, I, I think that's the thing. You know what. What's that? What's one movie? I don't want to say your favorite per se, because I think people get caught on favorites. But what is that one movie that, you know, maybe in the last, let's say, five, 10 years that you're like, I think everybody should check this one out. You know, like the people that, you know, kind of dig your work, you're like, you, you know, your people, you know, what it should be that one movie they should check out that you would, you know, recommend. Ooh. Mm. Mm. I want to say everything everywhere all at once, but I'm sure everybody's already seen that film. It's it's amazing. Um, um you know, your mileage may vary, but Chunking Express is one of my favorite films. Hmm. It opened up what was possible in, with with cinema for me. Um, you know, it's gorgeous. It gets it gets referenced off and on, you know, over and over. And other people's stuff. Well, I guess maybe everything else I want to say they're referencing the movie for love. But Chunking Express to me, it's a Chinese film by a filmmaker, Wong Kar Wai from the 90s. And he his process of making it was he would wake up, he would write the sides in the morning, and then they would go shoot them. And he would, you know, the film was done all in sequence in that way. It took super long, but it's such I, I think it's beautiful. I think it's a really poetic film. And it's um it's something that I feel like you could kind of make with like your homies in a camera. Like you don't need, 
you know, the cinematographer Christopher Doyle is brilliant and did some really brilliant stuff, but so much of it is set against, you know, the lights, the neon lights in Hong Kong, uh, which grounds it physically, but it feels like they would just go to a place, turn on the camera and like shoot a scene. And they would sort of, they were like crafting the film as they were going, as opposed to it being this other kind of molded thing. You know, you're trying to, you're trying to get the film closer to your, to this vision that you have. Um, and so maybe, maybe because it also speaks to the way that I like to work, um, maybe that's why it resonates. But even before I knew anything about the production of it, you know, it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful film. So I would, I, I would, I love, I would love for everybody to watch that film and be like, Yo, why are you telling me to watch that mess? I didn't know what was going on. I'm putting it on my list. I, I just, I just like, you know, I'm going to check it out uh, after we wrap here. Um, that's what I, that's what I use this for. You guys think I'm interested in you all, and I am, but I'm interested in suggestions without asking for said suggestion. <laughs> so <laughs> this is really me just doing that. Um, so that's pretty much it, uh, you know, off the hot seat. Um, so in these these final moments, um, I want to one thank you for coming onto the podcast and spending some time with me, and and two, I want to invite and encourage you to share with the listeners where they can follow you at online, um, social media, website, all of that good stuff. The floor is yours. Awesome, thanks, man, and thanks for having me on. Thanks for even and and being persistent and following up too. Um, I'm not always the easiest person to to catch. Uh, I'm working on myself, but um, this was awesome. This was a lot of fun. Um, my uh you can follow me you know instagram is easy just at rashid zakat um my website rashidzakat.com has you know some really outdated links to things i'll i'll get to it one day um and um yeah i mean if i'm i'm the only me that exists so not to be that google me not to be that dude but i'm an easily findable person if you just google rashid zakat um my internet presence is not always compartmentalized very well i have things kind of scattered all over the place um but i feel like if you start with instagram you start with my website you can kind of branch and follow things from there if, if anything if any of this sounds interesting um yeah yeah that's that's the thing and if there is if you google if you you also can go to rashid.tv um depending on when this comes out you might you may see a single video, um, Rashid TV is just a, a silly project of mine where I'm just, you know, I'm practicing shipping, practicing um, sharing work that I'm making, work that I'm interested in. Um, and I think sometime in the next couple of weeks, there's um, gonna be a new version of it I'm excited to share with folks. Um, so yeah, but all those things are, are super viable and, and really easy. And there you have it, folks. I'm going to again thank Rashid Zakat for coming onto the podcast and sharing a bit of his journey with us and some some ideas. Really, really cool conversation here. Um, and for Rashid, I am Rob Lee saying that there's art, culture, and community in and around Philadelphia. You've just got to look for it. Mm -hmm.